Sub fool, you want to record tonight or no? Dear Casey, this may seem to be a strange dedication request, but I'm quite sincere, and it'll mean a lot if you play it. Recently, there was a death in our family. He was a little dog named Snuggles, but he was most certainly a part of... Let's come start again. From coming out of the record. Play the record, okay? <clears throat> See, when you come out of those up-tempo goddamn numbers, man, it's impossible to make those transitions, and then you got to go into somebody dying... You know, they do this to me all the time. I don't know what the hell they do it for, but God damn it, if we can't come out of a slow record, I don't understand it. Is Don on the phone? I love when someone's like, you're going to hell, but then they're shocked when you're like, mm, that's fine. Because according to you, heaven is going to be full of a bunch of white straight Christians. It sounds a lot like Utah, and I'm trying to party in my afterlife. One ticket to hell, please. Okay, I want a goddamn concerted effort to come out of a record that isn't a fucking up-tempo record every time I do a goddamn death dedication. Hello? Here's your daily reminder that for every woman who will not treat you right, there is a woman who will eat donuts off your boner. Thank you. Now, make it, and I also want to know what happened to the pictures I was supposed to see this week. What do you think the secret to not being stressed is? Not having kids. <laughs> oh, wow. This is a god last goddamn time. I want somebody who uses fucking brain to not come out of a goddamn record. That is, uh, that, that's up-tempo, and I gotta talk about a fucking dog dying. If you're with someone in person, and they suddenly start acting really weird, and they're trying to hurry up and leave, don't be offended. They have to poop. Stop talking and let them go. Boy, this is fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous, fucking ponderous. You're not even a man. You're like an early draft of a man, where they just sketched out a giant mangled skeleton, but they didn't have time to add details like pigment or self-respect. You're Frankenstein's monster if his monster was made entirely of dead dicks. What do you want from me? Why don't you run from me? What are you What's up, guys? Welcome back to a Hot Mess Podcast. Ernesto, come on. I love these intros every single fucking week. But you have to, like, play the best song after. You're playing my girl, Billy. Last week, it was LP. Like, come on. I, 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 it's funny. It's I funny. Love- and then I love the, I love the music. It just, because it just counters everything that happened before. Everything. Do you have you heard that before that clip uh, that I played the long clip about? Do you know who you remember Casey Kasem? No. You know, well, Casey Kasem was one of those guys. He's kind of like the Ryan Seacrest of the seventies and eighties. Okay. He was the voice of Shaggy in Scooby okay. cartoons. Okay, makes sense. But also disclaimer: I was born in eighty nine. Yeah, Ernesto. Yeah, 89. I know. That's why I asked if you knew who he was, because I wasn't sure. <laughs> no, I, I, I was pretty sure you weren't going to really know off the top of your head. And most of the people aren't. I mean, I know there are people closer to my age that listen to the podcast um, that will know that. That just yeah. Casey Kasem was like clean cut. He was like, you know, the one like everybody thought was clean cut. Nobody, you know, wouldn't curse, nothing like that. Then all and of a sudden he just lost it. And then, of course, he lost it on. He was like, yeah. He went crazy. So good. You always shock me with the intros. I really do love them. As you guys know, I've said this before. Ernesto is the one that does all of the intros, the outros. He is our tech guy through and through. We love him. Um, how are you doing, Ernesto? How's your week been? Happy Monday. Well, well, my week was great. My week was 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 wonderful. I mean, you know, it took us. We we wanted to start recording this podcast about seven hours ago, but because of your technical difficulties. Shut up. I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> It was like 20 minutes, guys. Okay. Yeah, that was close. But yeah, no, no, no. Everything's good. Uh, um, 
you know, uh, as good as it can be, unfortunately, I've got an, uh, a friend of mine who's going through some stuff right now. She, yeah. um, uh, she was, and I, I, you know, I don't want to start this off with a bummer, but she's been diagnosed with cervical cancer for a while. Oh, yeah. And that's horrible. she, she texted me last night at around two 30 in the morning, letting mm-hmm. me know that she was back in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And I've been texting with her back and forth, just trying to keep her, you know, her spirits high because yeah. it's rough and she's a single mom and she doesn't, I mean, she has friends to talk to, but she knows that she can always reach out to me at any point in time. Right. So that, that's what she did. She reached out to me at two, two in the morning. Uh, she texted me. I, I was dead asleep, but I heard that I heard the text and I got up and was just texting with her for a while until she actually eventually fell asleep. I love that. Yeah. And I feel like if anything, like you'd be the best person for that, because even through like my trials and tribulations and things that I've been through, you've always been there for me. So you've always been a great friend. So she is very lucky to have you. And I think vice versa. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm going to be there for her. And she knows that. And I've told that to everybody. I've told you this. I've told, you know, all my yeah. friends this, that there is no time where you cannot reach out to me. And I will, you know, if I can, if I'm available to answer, I'm going to answer. Yeah. And you always have, I feel like, I feel like every time I've reached out to you, it's always like, And Ernesto is so crazy. I never do this. I would never have my text messages on red where like, if you open that, you know, people open that, you can see, no, never, God forbid. No, I do not want people to see when I read their messages or not. And Ernesto, it's like, I'll send it. And it's like red. And I'm like, okay, I feel better. Like, (laughs) and I would never want people to see like, no, I can't. Oh my gosh. I I hate that. It doesn't bother me. I'm not right, the setting well, on there. I could take it off, but I just, I just don't. Yeah, no, I actually like that you do that. All right, guys. Well, happy Monday. Hope you guys had a great weekend. We are starting a whole brand new week. Thank you guys so much for listening. Let's get into it. We have a voicemail and I'm sure a lot of you people know this lovely lady. Her name is Wendy. She is one of my really good friends. She is so much to me on top of being a friend. I feel like she has done a lot for Ernesto and myself as she well. Has. We call her a friend. I She jokes and calls me her, like, she's my assistant. Yeah. She's our graphic designer. She does so much for the podcast, for myself, for Ernesto, for Carter, for everything. And this is Wendy. The cover of the podcast. Yes. She's the one that designed that. So Yes. Uh, she's she's always talking about how she's actually waiting. She can't wait to start making merch for us. She kept saying that, so. I love one that. day, one day. Most definitely. Okay, well, here we go. Let me play that for you. Hey, Moni, here, Nesto. This is Wendy. I love your podcast so much. I have learned so much about life, lessons, spirituality, and about both of you. I love listening to your stories. I know Moni had been through so much, and she is the most strongest, loving, and kindest person I've ever known. It takes so much for her to open up to all of us, and I have so much respect for her. I learn more about you guys every week. You both bring so much joy, laughter, and happiness to my life. So my question for both of you, what's the craziest thing you've ever done to make someone smile? I feel it's really important to go above and beyond to make someone smile when they are sad because it shows how much we care about them and to let them know they are not alone. I mean, it's easy to make someone smile, but how far would you go? I'll go first. So I rarely sing to anyone, I'm super shy. Um, so the craziest thing I've ever done was probably singing Hello by Adele last time to make money laugh. So yeah, I'll do anything to make money smile because I love and I care about her a lot and I want to see her happy every day. Thank you and I love you both. Bye. 
Okay. She's so cute. I feel like she, she thought about that voicemail for a really long time. <laughs> she did because she sent us like 35 different voicemails before that. She and, did. You know, she ended she up did. landing on that one. Yeah. She's like, no, no, no. You could play this one, but not the other uh, 34. She's, she's so cute. You could tell she was like reading it off of like a notepad. Right. I would do that too. Like with my anxiety, like sometimes I just will go off the whim and like say it, but I feel like she kind of like really wanted it to sound good but we love you wendy you've done a lot for me ernesto this whole podcast we appreciate you thank you for sending that in to answer your question that's a little hard for me i don't think that there is personally one craziest wild thing that i've done for someone i feel like there's tiny little things that i've done for people throughout my life and you know it kind of goes back to Ernesto and I talking about being empaths, where you guys know I am an empath, Ernesto is an empath. And I think that just comes kind of organically yeah. with little things here and there. That's what she said. <laughs> Shut up, Ernesto. I feel like we've all done, you know, you and I, Ernesto, we've done little things like that here and there. So I'll start with a story. And this happened recently. I feel like a lot of you guys know this story. If you guys do listen on my TikTok live. And this was something that really did make me feel good. It was a life lesson for my son, Carter. It was kind of a huge moment for me. So I go walking in the mornings. Okay. Usually Carter and I will walk to Starbucks. We'll go to Jamba Juice. We'll go do a little shopping. I live close to a shopping center where I can do a lot of things nearby. So we'll go walking in the mornings, usually around 8, 30, 9 o'clock in the morning. And we start walking. We're going to Starbucks. And we see, I always say, little viejito. In Spanish, it's like a little old man, right? He was so cute, walking very, very slow in Mm -hmm. front of myself and Carter. Was he walking in the same direction he, or was he walking towards you? Yes, we are walking in the same direction. He was in front of us. So we knew that we had to pass him, right? Okay. So I tell Carter, I'm like, hold my hand. Like, we're just going to say, excuse me, you know, yada, yada, whatever. So I tap his back and I say, excuse me, sir. Like, obviously, because he's walking so slow, I have to kind of scoot past him. Mm-hmm. He looks at mm-hmm. me and he says, do you by chance have money for a sandwich? Okay. And I, I said, oh, no, I don't have any cash on me, which I rarely ever carry cash. And I said, listen, I am taking, you know, my son to Starbucks and this and this and that. I said, but there's a grocery store right here. If you want to meet me up there, I'll buy you a sandwich. He said, okay. I knew it would take a little bit. I had a couple errands to run in the little plaza. So I waited for him. Mm-hmm. Do my things, go to Starbucks, and I'm waiting for him. Sure enough, here he comes. He shows up and he's walking so slow, guys. When I tell you, like, he's just trotting. He's like a little turtle, just very slow, but like so sweet. Right. So I said, come on, let's let's get you a sandwich. We go into the grocery store. I buy him a sandwich, like a pre-made Subway sandwich type style. Yeah. Chips, a Coke. I buy him some beef jerky. And I ask him if there's anything else I can get for him. And he says a couple other things. I buy him some wipes, whatever. And he says cigarettes. Okay. Cigarettes. Okay. Yeah. And coming from someone who does not smoke cigarettes, I don't like cigarettes. I don't condone cigarettes. But when I tell you this guy, Ernesto, he's probably like 85, 90 years old. Okay. Okay. So I'm like, okay. So I buy his stuff. 
we go outside and and you buy the cigarettes well wait not yet oh, okay so there's a smoke shop that's like right across they don't sell cigarettes at the grocery store so there's a smoke shop that's literally right next door and, oh yeah i remember that. Yes. yes 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 but they don't open until 10 o'clock and it's like 9 45 okay so i buy him all the food and i buy him like a gift card to the grocery store and we're sitting outside me carter and this gentleman and i start talking to him i ask him a little bit about his life like oh are you married do you have kids he's not he doesn't have kids okay you know begins to tell me a little bit more about his life he's from mexico but he used to live in like van nuys for like 10 years now he lives by me and you know i was like oh like how long you've been smoking cigarettes because even though I'm not trying to be nosy, if mm. I'm gonna if I'm gonna pay for them, I'm I'm just curious, right? Yeah. And that's fair. He, yeah. And he told me, you guys, that he had been smoking cigarettes since he was six years old. And um, for a for a man that age in Mexico, yeah. that doesn't surprise me. It I, I wouldn't be surprised if my dad and his you know, his siblings were the same way. My dad was yes. a smoker as well until yeah. he was around 60. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's funny because there's people who are like, oh, if I'm going to buy, I'll buy you food, but I'm not going to buy you alcohol or drugs or whatever. Like I wasn't buying this man alcohol. I wasn't buying this man drugs, but he was literally like 90 years old. Yeah. At that age, at that age, it's like, let him indulge in what he likes. Yeah. Just obviously like his clothes were dirty. He didn't have everything that he really needed when i gave him this sandwich you guys he scarfed this sandwich down like it was no tomorrow and at at that point i was like you know what what and you know what i ended up getting the cigarettes i it was funny because i went into the smoke shop and i talked to the guy and he was really nice and he was like you know what i've seen this guy around he's like you're an angel and i appreciate you and the world needs more people like you he's like even though you're buying cigarettes like you're giving this man something to like enjoy yeah and if and if that's what he enjoys let me tell you if i was walking down the street and i had no money and i was 85 years old and i asked someone for a bottle of wine i would hope some young woman would be like let me get you that bottle of wine monica like you know what i mean like for real and i'm not trying to sound harsh but like this guy could die in two days this guy could die in a month let him have which cost me $11 for that pack of cigarettes. I yeah. bought him that fucking pack of cigarettes. Why not? Because it Why made not? me happy to see him happy. And he was so appreciative. Oh, thank you, Mijita. Like he was talking to me so nice. He was fist pumping Carter. Like he was such a nice guy. Why would I not want to do something nice? Right. Because oh, at the end I of the agree. day, I'm the type of person. I also believe in karma, what you put out, not expecting anything back. But I know that everything that I do nice is going to come back to me in some form of the way. Yeah, when you're in your 80s, somebody's going to buy you cigarettes. That's just how it works. I don't want cigarettes. I want a bottle of wine, guys, or tequila. You didn't I'm saying buy him, that right now. You, you didn't buy him wine or tequila, so. <laughs> you know I'm what, not though? Getting it right. <laughs> I, I, I bet he knows who Casey Kasem is. Yeah, I just need an $11 bottle of tequila, guys. You can you can buy me the okay, cheap shit. When you're in the late, in your late mid to late <laughs> 80s, that tequila is going to cost $172. Oh, Jesus. That's no. inflation. Damn it. Damn it. But I, I mean, should have bought, okay. bought him better cigarettes. Right. 
<laughs> I'm definitely like that when it comes to to helping people out and making people smile. I can't, yeah. but I cannot pinpoint one specific time where I've done where I've done a a deed or something to make somebody smile because I try to do that so often. I mean, look I, again, just about the story about my friend who's got cervical cancer. I mean, she knows I'm there for her, and I and I always do my best to just either check up on her, check up, uh, see how she's doing, all of that. The, 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 the message I sent you a couple of days ago where I sent my friend just a text that I hadn't sent, hadn't texted her in probably a week, oh, week yeah. and a half. And she it, responded. Just, yeah. And you saw how she responded. It was just, it's just time. It just seems like that, that I just do on a regular. So it's really, really difficult to pinpoint something to that that would just make somebody smile now there's something that i do st- I, st- I i hold on to uh not something that i did but something that my parents did for somebody this is when they were both they were both still here and my mom would she would drive my dad to get his blood work he had to get his blood work done once a month mm-hmm. so he would go to the local kaiser to okay. get his blood work done well, one day my mom goes and she drops him off in the front and she says she sees this elderly woman, Asian woman, who was arguing with one of those access bus like van drivers, the ones okay. that take around the, yes. you know, the elderly or handicapped. Yes. And she was arguing with this gentleman and he was trying to be as nice as possible. She was just upset and kind of frazzled. Mm-hmm. My mom, she went up, you know, she parked and she went in, she asked, is there anything, you know, she just just asked, is there, what, is there something wrong? She didn't know if there was an issue with a man or if it was an issue with the woman. The man, the man said, well, unfortunately her, her appointment's not today. She didn't realize that until we got here. And I unfortunately cannot take her back, but she won't Mm -hmm. get out of my van. She won't get out of my van, but I can't take her back. She was, she would have to call and then another driver would come and and bring her home, but she just can't understand that. So my mom, looked at the lady, talked to her for a couple of minutes and said, you know what? I'll take you home. I'll take you home. And the lady's like, are you sure? She's like, my mom was like, of course. Yeah, I have no problem with that. We just have to wait for my husband to come back out. He went down to go get his blood taken. And then when he gets back up here, uh, we'll go and I'll just wait here for you. Sometimes she would just wait in the car while my dad would go down and get his blood work done. And then he would come up and they would leave. Right. So that's what she did. She just waited out front with this elderly woman and yeah, she just, uh, my dad finally came up and he's like, oh, who's this? She yeah. goes, my mom's like, well, we're going to take her home because she didn't have a ride. My dad was like, okay, okay, that's fine. My dad had I no problem that. with that. They took her home, talking to her on the way there. And then my mom gave her, the lady, her number. And she said, if ever you need a ride anywhere, just call me. Just Aww, give me a call. That my heart. I love and that. That was, that was the kind of person my mom was. And that was the kind of person. My dad was very accepting of that. He was, you know, he's very stoic, but same thing. He's got the, he, he has a heart of gold. He's very, he was very stoic, but he would, he would, he, he had no issues with it. He was like, okay, it doesn't matter. And it was like, you know, it was in the opposite direction out of the way, but it didn't care. It didn't care. It didn't matter to her. Yeah. It didn't matter to my mom. It didn't matter to my dad. They were like, I mean, we, we hope we would hope somebody would do this for us if we were in the position. Right. Uh, in this position. So yeah, they, they did that. And that's something that just, I mean, it sticks with me. It sticks with me. The fact that my mom and my dad were those kinds of people that they were just there to help however they could, if they could. But I think Ernesto, I think that's why you are the way that you are. You know what I mean? Like, because you had parents like that. And I see a lot of that in you. And 
you are that type of person. And I know I've said this in a different podcast, but like, you know, Ernesto made Carter a lemonade stand for me, which I thought Ernesto, that was huge for me. I don't even know if you know that, like that was huge for me. Like I appreciated that so much. I know Carter did. And he made this lemonade stand from scratch and he made it so amazing. It was so freaking cute. It was a hit and you did that. So yeah, it was fun. You've been a great friend to me. So I know you don't have to pat yourself on the back, but I'll give you a pat on the back because. Oh no, I pat myself on the back all the time. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I, I, did. Just, I, I walk in the front door and go, yeah, I did a good today. <laughs> I've got a little like robotic hand that when I walk into the door, it just pats me on the back for me. So. Yeah, true. No, he just says that because he doesn't want me to cry, but no, like you are such a good person. And I don't know if you want to thank your parents for that or whatever it is, but you are, you always were definitely, they were definitely a big contribution to how I am towards people. I mean, I, I've been volunteering and, and doing community service, working with youth for since I got out of high school, you know, since I got out of high school, I would always volunteer. I mean, I haven't done it for a while because when I got married, my unfortunately priorities changed my ex at the time she didn't understand why somebody would put time into something like that she didn't really understand that yeah and uh so I did step back away from doing as much volunteer work as I did and I've, I've gotten back into it slowly but surely but I would definitely like to do it more than 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 I used to or than I than I have been in the past decade or so yeah so uh, I, I definitely want to look back into getting getting up involved in these programs that I used to really enjoy being a part of. Yeah, you should. I mean, I've kind of always been like that. Um, I don't know if any of you guys know this. And again, I feel like I'm like reiterating everything because I do talk about a lot of this stuff on TikTok Live if you guys do follow me. But if you are new to the podcast, you don't listen to me on TikTok Live. I was in the Peace Corps. And it's funny because, okay, so a little backstory. My cousin, Aaron, was in the Peace Corps first. He did a year in Boston and then he got my brother into it. My brother did a year of the Peace Corps in Boston as well. And then they moved him to do the opening site in LA. How how much older was your cousin than you? My oh gosh, my cousin is probably six years okay. older than me, and my brother is three years Got older it. than me. Yeah. So my brother really looked up to my cousin. I really looked up to my brother. So he moved to LA, my brother, to do the opening site in LA, first time ever. And the company is called City Year. And if I have any 17 to 24 year olds that are listening who are interested, please message me on Instagram because City Year is an amazing opportunity. But besides that, he was opening this new year in LA and he wanted me to join. I grew up in Utah and no offense to Utah if you're listening, anyone. I hated Utah. I hated growing growing up there. I hated living there. I hated everything about it. I never fit in. I never felt like I belonged there. It just was not my style. And when I heard about the Peace Corps, I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to fucking do the Peace Corps. It was a huge process. I had to do like three essays, two interviews, one over the phone, one in person. Like there was so much involved to get into the Peace Corps because you're working with children. There was background uh, checks. There was like all this testing, essays, all this kind of stuff. 
which how, makes sense. I mean, you're working with how kids. many essays did you have to do? I had to do three written essays. That's what she said. Shut up. <laughs> so I was so ready and no offense to my parents, but I was ready to move the fuck out. So I applied early before my 18th birthday. I was like 17 and a half and some days. Mm-hmm. I got approved. I literally moved out the day after my 18th birthday. I was fucking out. I was ready. Did your parents know once you got approved that they know you were going to move uh, the day after your 18th birthday? Yes. They did. Okay. They knew only because my brother. My brother was, you know, starting up this whole entire new city, you know, in LA, whatever. And they knew I wanted to. They knew about the interviews. They just didn't know I got accepted until I told them. Yeah. So... Get accepted. I moved to LA. You guys, I am a Latina, but when I tell you I was around nothing but white people, Mormon people, blonde hair, blue eyes, like I was a minority where I lived. Okay. There was obviously, (laughs) seriously, there was probably, no, not probably. There was one black person in my entire school and he was a foreign exchange student. Oh, wow. Everyone was white. Yeah, that's uh, that is Utah. That that that's... you know. So coming from someone who I I guess I could say like I didn't really understand the world yet. Right. I was you know very privileged, very kind of in my own bubble. I moved to LA, and they placed me in Watts, and Watts is predominantly black or Latino of some sort. Right. right? Yeah. So. I work in a school, 112th Street Elementary in Watts. Shout out to Watts. I fucking love Watts. I actually want to go back and I want to visit the school and, you know, see some of the students. But I knew nothing about culture. I didn't know anything about Watts. I knew nothing about Compton. I knew nothing about any of that. And I remember going to these schools and I saw one kid who looked white and I was like, oh, hey, <laughs> Billy, whatever. And he started speaking to me in Spanish. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, finally, it was like I wasn't the minority anymore. Right. Like I was the gringo. I was the white person, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. because everyone's either black or Latino. And I finally felt at home, okay. which was crazy. Yeah. Like, I really felt like. I found some culture. I found like, I don't even know if that makes sense, but I loved working there. It was like the best time of my life. I met so many amazing people and I don't know. I'm just really proud to say that I, I did the Peace Corps. Yeah. And it made you feel good. I mean, it just, it was, it was yeah. something that it felt right. Working with kids, working with youth, working with just people. Yeah. I never had that growing up in Utah. I was never able to help anyone in Utah. Like, I don't know if any of you guys have ever been to Utah, but you're not missing much. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just say that. I'm not trying to shit on Utah, you guys. My dad lives there. I have a lot of family there. But honestly, like, it just didn't do anything for me. Right. It I is really not kinda... your world. Utah is no. not your world. And Utah no. is, for all intensive purposes, a different world. It is. It is. So once I started doing that, I learned my love for reggaeton and 
the culture is so many amazing people out there. I met so many awesome families. Even to this day, I have a student who got in touch with me, which I'm really excited about that I ended up going to dinner with, who was my student in the third grade. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, Brent, to talk about this student that it was what a few months back. So yeah, yeah. So I had a student who, you know, again, guys, I was 18 years old, I was a baby working in these schools. And I had this student Yesenia. And she was in the third grade at the time. And once I graduated from the Peace Corps, we stayed in touch for a while. I was really close with her mom, her little brother, Edwin, and she reached out to City Air and asked for my email. They ended up reaching out to me and found me, and I ended up going to dinner with my old student. Okay. Well, that's good that they actually, when they reached to you, they reached out to you to to confirm that it was okay to give her your information. Yes, exactly. So we went to dinner. It was really, really nice. We had a great conversation. We shed some tears and I was so happy just to get back in touch with her. But when I tell you guys, if you ever think about branching away from your hometown, fucking do it because I would never be where I am today if I did not branch out from my hometown. Right. Especially if you don't feel like you belong where you are. Yeah. And I never did belong where you are. You definitely never want did. to do that. You want to find your home. You want to find your group of people. You, you want to find yes. your life. Yes. And maybe this sounds funny, but I, I just love culture. I love people. I want every type of person around me. I want white. I want black. I want gay. I want straight. I want Asian. I want culture. I want people. I want diversity. I need that in my life. I want to see every single type of person there is imaginable. And there not is, just not just one type. Yeah, there is um now more than before. There are many more places like that. But back then, there were only four or five yeah. places in the states that were yeah. that you could you would get that. You would get that Los Angeles, San Francisco, New York, yeah. Miami, maybe. And I mean, that's and and growing up in Utah, I never got that. I never got that. Yeah. Not, and not to say that there wasn't other, you know, pockets of different cultures in different cities and different states. I'm not saying that, but you were guaranteed to see that in the cities that I mentioned, these, these large, very popular cities, because that's where right. everybody wanted to go because they were large and very popular. So these, right. uh, these people, these people came from all over the world to experience these cities, this lifestyle. They wanted to grow their family in these environments because they were more welcoming than many other environments were in the States. Right. So, right. And it was so crazy too. You know, I love Watts so much. Like I want to go back. I want to go and visit some of the teachers because I know some of the teachers are still there. And it's crazy because, you know, people would always say, Oh, don't go to Watts. Don't go to Compton. It's very dangerous. And I'm going to describe it a little bit to you guys at the schools. There'd be steel bars on the windows while I was there. There was a drive-by shooting, but I never felt like I was in danger. Right. Because first of all, we would wear these yellow jackets. We're not allowed to wear red. Normally city or wears red jackets. We were not allowed to wear red. We had to wear yellow. Oh no, you're in Watts. You definitely are not allowed to wear red. we, We had, we had to, we had to protect ourselves. 
But not once did I ever feel like I was in danger because the people there knew that we were there for their kids. We were helping them. We were doing lunchtime enrichment programs, after school programs, you know, tutoring. We were doing all that kind of stuff for their kids. Well, you also aren't, you know, you don't really look like the I don't look the part. You don't look you don't look like (laughs) I don't look the part. Yeah. I don't want to hurt anyone. A red rag out of your back pocket. Yeah. But I will say one thing that really was like a culture shock for me. And again, you guys have to remember my age. Okay. I'm a little different now, but I was 18 from Utah guys. Don't judge me, but I went to grab lunch and I would walk everywhere. Right. I didn't have a car. So there was like a little corner store who I made friends with the owner. He was very sweet. I'd get like my cup of noodles. There was like a tamale lady on the side of the street that I would buy a tamale every morning. Like I made friends with certain key people, but sometimes I would branch out and I would go and get lunch. And there was a KFC that was like maybe a six minute walk down the road. Mm -hmm. And obviously you guys know I don't eat meat, but back in the day I did. So I went to KFC. What? I know I did guys. Shocking. I was 18. Don't judge me. Sorry, Sorry, mommy. I ate chicken fingers um so i went to kfc and there's a whole entire bulletproof glass window right okay yes and then there's a little handle with a door so you open that you put the money and then you close it and then the person that's working there opens their side and takes the money and then you know you guys get the point so again ignorant i had no idea She puts the food bag in, and before she closes the door, I go to grab my food. This lady, she was a young black woman, love her to death. I I can't say anything like mean towards her because she was just doing her job. Slaps my hand (laughs) and was like, You have to wait for me to close the door. And I looked at her and I was like, I'm so sorry. Like, I felt so bad. But again, I didn't know. I didn't understand. Like, you know, I'm in a different part of town. This is a whole different world for me. Like, I wasn't respecting her because I didn't know. Right. I was ignorant. I was so ignorant. I know. Right. I was so ignorant. I just didn't know. So she like kind of slapped my knuckle and she was like, you have to wait for me to close the window. No, I like looked at her and I was like, I froze and I was like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Okay, I felt so bad. I wasn't even offended. I just felt bad because, again, I didn't know. You were in shock from what just happened, yeah. you know, because yes. it was something that you had never experienced before. Yeah, but I'm sure, and this is the reason why I didn't get mad because I'm sure she kind of dealt with that all the time with people who just thought they were like too good to like, you know, wait for her to close the door for her own safety. Yeah. And so I did. I felt really bad, but. No, I've learned so much shipping in LA, like especially working in Watts and Compton and, you know, stuff like that. Like it was definitely a culture shock, but I'm very glad that I had that because I don't think that I would be the same person that I am today if I, if you didn't experience that, if I continuously like grew up in Utah right? and I never moved to LA and I never joined the Peace Corps and I never worked in Watts and I never met all these amazing people. I don't think I would be the person that I am today. No, your experiences uh, just in life in general always make you. So that's why I'm not a big fan of what people say. What would you change about your life? I mean, 
Honestly, yeah. there's not much I can say that I would change because everything that's happened to me has made me who I am today. Exactly. You know, same. Uh, people are like, oh, same. what about your first girlfriend? Would you do you think if you were tried to, to try harder with her, uh, you know, you, it would have worked out or if you would have gone back to her and if that I don't really think that way, because if I did, uh, if it if I even attempted to, it's a possibility that would that would have the, the butter, the butterfly effect where I would have never met my ex-wife and I would never have these wonderful children that I have in my life. So I don't right. really, I don't deal, I don't really delve with the what ifs. That's why I think it was on your live when we were talking, when you were talking with everybody and people said that, you know, the, uh, would you rather lose your eyesight or your hearing? I don't, oh, yeah. I don't, I don't do the would you rathers because it's like, I, I don't want to even fathom the fact the, the idea that I would lose either one of those. It's definitely a possibility, but why would even, why would I even, play with the idea that I would have to, right? I w- why even play with the idea that I would have to. So the would you rathers, I don't really do because the would you rathers makes you think about something that you don't really need to be thinking about that 99% of us will never have to experience. So why even bother? Yeah. And I understand sometimes playing that game to try to understand the perspective from either a blind person or a deaf person to understand, but it's hard to understand that perspective if you're never going to actually live that perspective. It's really See, and then that, that. that's me like I'm and this is what I love about me and Ernesto's we're very opposite because I am that person I'm always thinking of the what ifs you know and I did answer that question and I just have to say I love that I'm looking at Ernesto and he's doing a Rubik's Cube right now <laughs> <laughs> I like, found it on my desk and I was like it wasn't solved <laughs> He's like, I don't like the what ifs, but let me solve this. Well, let me cube. solve the root cube because I could do that. What if I finish this before you finish your sentence? And it's like, yeah, I could do that. Well, I would hope so. Let's let's see. It. Oh, it's done. No, but for it's me. Um, oh, Jesus. I'm, I am a smart cookie. Uh, he said smart cookie. I was going to say freak of nature, but that's OK. Whatever you want to call it. It's fine. <laughs> no, but to answer the question, you know. He says, you know, he doesn't do the what ifs. I always do the what ifs. I'm always like, oh, what if this? What if that? So when it comes down to being blind or deaf, my answer was I would rather be blind because even though I hope whoever above forbid that never happens to me, I love music too much and I love sound and I love touch and I I want to hear the world around me. I love birds chirping. Music is my medicine. And I think seeing is a little bit more vanity, right? We get to look at ourselves in the mirror, which I am that. And I know that about myself, but being able to shut that off and really only be able to hear the world around us, the voices, our family, music, I would choose that for sure. Oh, yeah, I get that. But, I, but I do understand what you're saying, Ernesto, like why even think about something that is a 1% chance of happening? Yeah, I do. I do get where you're coming from. But and I do get that. I mean, but see the thing. Uh, uh, also, I, I think of it this way, as far as, you know, hearing the sounds and all of that. Um, I already have so many voices in my head. <laughs> that you know i don't think even if i lose my hearing i would never he's like that movie split <laughs> oh, geez, yeah it's like that no new show um moon Knight. if anybody hasn't caught that yet it's on disney plus and it's not your typical you know with the marvel tv shows and all of that they still kind of delve into the marvel universe and that kind of play with the superheroes and all of that this one 
is probably one of the most interesting ones that I've seen so far because it deals with multiple personality disorder. Yeah. So you see, you see through the eyes of, and it's played by Oscar Isaac. I'm not sure if you know who Oscar Isaac is. You would recognize him if you saw him. Um, okay. But he plays, uh, as of right now, there might be more characters in him, but right now he's playing two different characters. He's playing a, an American named Mark and a Brit named Steven. And he's playing those two roles so different. And just, you can see, even just in his mannerisms, the way he looks when he's one person versus the other is mm -hmm. you can tell that it is a different person. So he's doing an amazing job in that. And they're touching in on that. I'm not sure how deep they're going to get onto the realism of it. I mean, because it does, there, that is a, that's a real thing. People definitely yeah. do suffer yeah. from multiple personality disorder. So um, the fact that they're That's doing me. that. That's me. I'm like, I'm like, Susan, shut the fuck up. Susan's <laughs> the crazy bitch in me. Like if they're like, oh yeah, we're going to take 15 shots and dance on a table and swear at someone. I'm like, Susan, shut the fuck up, bitch. That is not me. <laughs> <laughs> we have Susan on the left shoulder. <laughs> yeah. Debbie's on the right. <laughs> Debbie, she does Dallas. Debbie does whatever the fuck she wants. Yeah, so you're... And then Monica's like, no, Moni, you're a mom. Okay. You have to be respectful. And Debbie's like, shut the fuck up, bitch. No, you don't. <laughs> right. It's funny. You want that eighth tequila shot. This might be a little off the topic, but I actually have spoke, spoke to a friend of mine who is, you know, she, she doesn't suffer from like, like this, like any multiple personalities, but she does suffer from not being able to be upfront with somebody, be just blunt with somebody. She started dating this one guy and she really likes him. She thinks, you know, mm -hmm. she's, she wants to see where this goes. But before she started dating this one guy, she had already made plans with another guy who she's not really interested in. And they were planning on going out on a, a Saturday. Uh, and she was like, so what do I tell him? Why do I, what do I tell him just to, so I just tell him, you know what? I can't find a babysitter. Can I, I'm like, Tell him, you know what? I actually found somebody else I'm interested in and I want to go out with him. So I'm going to see where that goes because you're her intentions aren't to go out with this guy. Her intentions are right. pretty much just to leave him. I wouldn't say leave him hanging, but not just be up, not be up front with but him. But to do it just to do it. I, I don't, I, it's, I just don't know. I just don't know. I don't understand why people can't just be up front with other people. I know guys always say they would appreciate that even though even if they wouldn't they don't want to hurt someone's feelings but, uh, to be honest how are you going to hurt somebody's feelings if you don't even know this person you've never there's not like they'll still happen people out. take offense to everything I, I get that but what does it matter to you my question is always an been, empath my, i'm kind of like that I, I don't know i can't do that i can't do that and i yeah. want and the thing is that i would appreciate it if somebody was just completely upfront with me i don't mind that when i when my last um relationship ended my ex-girlfriend she just pretty much told me that she just couldn't handle the kind of person that I was. She couldn't handle the fact that she always had this feeling that the other shoe was going to drop because she always was always in toxic relationships. And the fact that she was with me and she never, um, she, uh, she never had that experience where somebody was not toxic to her, not mean to her, doesn't, didn't yell at her, didn't do any of these things. She, she felt she didn't, didn't call her a bitch. She, yeah, she felt she didn't <laughs> deserve that. She felt she did not deserve that. So she was always worried that the other shoe was going to drop some, sometime. And I was going to be like, why am I with this girl? Yeah. Why am I with this girl? Because she, yeah, she, she still had those tendencies too, especially when she was around her family where she was 
verbally abusive to them. She was, I mean, she was never towards me. She was never like that. She was a different person. And even her family would tell her, why are you acting around him? She loved who she was around me. She loved how she right. was around me, but they would always get on her about, why are you always acting when you're around him? And that drove her crazy. She really did not like the fact that they would say that because yeah. she wasn't acting around me. She was being her genuine self. Her true self. Yeah. But she couldn't take it because she, she always had these little thoughts in her mind. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to lose him. So I might as well get out of it. I might as well. It was that same, that mentality. Let me, let me get out of it before it, it realizes how much of a fraud that I am. I actually think we should start like delving deeper into this into next week's podcast, because I really like this conversation and I think we should kind of get deeper into you know, the longevity of relationships, what it takes to keep a relationship, why relationships fail, because, you know, you've had failed relationships, I've had failed relationships, whether it's our fault, the other person, whatever it is, I feel like maybe this is something that, you know, we should really get into. Yeah. I mean, we can also drop in some information, like just some details as far as what we feel, as far as our perspectives, as far as what yes. what what would help you not fall into these kinds of yes. issues? So one thing I want to ask of you guys, if you are listening to this episode, I want you guys to call into the the hotline. Ernesto will give you the number. I want you guys to ask us a question about relationships or say something about relationships to give us a topic because this really is something that I think that Ernesto, you and I, we're not spring chickens. You know what I mean? Like we're a little bit older, we're experienced, we've both been married, we've both been through, you know, long-term relationships. I feel like you and I both kind of have the upper hand and knowledge when it comes to this topic. Right. So shoot us a question, shoot us whatever you guys want to talk about when it comes to relationships. And I want that to be kind of the next focus for the podcast. And if what it's, do you think? well, it's also, if you actually have, if you're going through something right now and you want to ask, yeah. what do you think oh, about yes. this? What do you, yes. my significant other does this or says this, what yes. is your thought about that? Yeah. Ask us yeah. that. Cause we're, we'll be more than happy to answer that. Um, uh, again, it would be our input. And hopefully we're not professionals. We are definitely not. Well, I'm a pro, but me too, guys. We're both we're both professionals. <laughs> yes, ask your experts. <laughs> but yeah, definitely. You can reach us on the hotline. It is 310-494-6811. 310-494-6811 is the number to the hotline. Just give us a call. Leave us a message. If you don't want to want to don't want to give us your name, because if it's it's something personal. I completely understand if you want me to, yeah. I'll, I'll even, I'll even modify your, the, the sound of your voice. Yeah, I'll change. I'll, I'll do a voice changer on you. I'll make you sound like Darth Vader if you want me to, just so you don't yes. have to, yes. you know, so, so people don't know who you are. If you want that, that actually, I'll have, I'll have that'd, be, that'd be really funny. Actually. Yeah. Happy to also, do that. we have an Instagram, a hot mess podcast underscore. You guys can definitely follow um, the Instagram. You guys can get the link it's in the bio we are everywhere that you stream you know podcasts right but we definitely want to hear from you guys that is huge for us so please definitely thank you so much for listening as always i hope you guys are having a great monday enjoy the rest of your week if you guys learned anything from this podcast today 
do something nice for someone. You guys, life is so short. We could die tomorrow. And what is life without spreading a little bit of love, a little bit of positivity, and just making the world a better place for yourself or for someone else. Until next week, Ernesto, you know, I love you, of course. Love you too. And we will see you guys next Monday for a love and relationship fucking podcast. Send those voicemails in, guys. If you don't, I'm going to be so mad. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) Okay. We love you guys. Until next week. Bye. What do you want from me? Why don't you run from me? What are you wondering? What do you know? Before I get in shape. Does anybody like me, Tubby? What would you do? If I picked you up, put you on my back, and called you a sweet name like Sugar Tits. And then, I kissed you real sweet. Bitch, that's not even your real voice. Shut the fuck up! (laughs) Bitch, I'm trying to catfish over here. Anyway. I do not have daddy issues. I have sugar daddy issues, and the issue is that I do not have one. Please apply in the comments. Thank you. That was the last time, okay? This is over. But we haven't even gotten to the cheese course. Well, sharp-aged cheddar, mm-hmm. manchego, maybe some buttery gruyere. You sure you want to miss out? I just want to slowly peel the wax off your baby bells. What are you even saying? How about a little stinky telegio? Why is this working? I am so turned on right now. Yeah, when I said I liked it rough, I meant the sex, not the whole fucking relationship cunt i'm one bad day away at work from showing the world my butthole for money that's how it is every time i have a bad day at work i could sell pictures of my butthole for money and not have to come up in this bitch no more and it's not a healthy mindset it's really not butthole uh, i don't think any of that's going to be usable <laughs>